Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Broadcasting from the Hyundai Score Studios. Test drive a new Hyundai. Get a $50 reward card. Terms apply. Been an active day on the phone lines with both guests and phone callers. Passionate after an interesting night of Chicago baseball. And we have a bonus hour of baseball talk before Zach Zaidman takes over with a pregame for Cubs baseball before Pat and Ron take over the broadcast of the Cubs and Pirates in Pittsburgh. And we are pleased to have David DeJesus, who does such a great job on the pre- and post-game on NBC Sports, uh, Chicago Cubs pre- and post-game games. And, uh, David, thanks for taking some time out. We know you're in another time zone, so thanks for waking up early for us. No problem. Pleasure to be on with you guys. Yeah. Hey, David, uh, when you watch uh, the, the Cubs' offense, and uh, Matt and I have talked a lot about it right now, the, the lack of having a true leadoff man like a David DeJesus, where you spent your, most of your career in that yeah. spot, how, how do you think yeah. that's impacted the Cubs over the last couple of years? I think it's definitely hurt them because you saw what an impact leadoff hitter like, you know, who Dexter Fowler. He was a guy that was, it was just going to give you pro at bats, make the pitcher work, and really set the mindset of the team going forward for that game. Hey, we have a, we have a game plan. Before the game starts, you get a game plan on the pitcher. There's a, there's a pitcher's meeting. We all sit at the table. Hey, how, is, how do we think this pitcher is going to attack us? And it's up to that leadoff hitter to really work that pitcher, that first at bat, see what that pitcher is controlling, commanding, is wanting to throw ahead in the count, whatever that is. But that leadoff hitter starts the mentality of the game. And right now they're running through so many different guys that they're losing their focus early on, and it's just affecting the game. And it's really when I'm watching this team right now, it's a lot of just four pitch at bats, four pitcher out, and I'm swinging at pitchers' pitches rather than having an approach, staying within your approach, Yes, you're going to get out sometimes, but sometimes there's at bats where, hey, I got to just lock in. Let, let me self, let myself get to two strikes and do something. Shoot the ball the other way. Just do something to make this pitcher work, and that's what we're not doing right now. You know, it's, it's good stuff, David. It's interesting. I, I think we can now say definitively, especially after watching these last four or five years, that leadoff is one of those spots uh, on a ball club like closer where mentally it affects you. Like, you have to be super strong and solid mentally. You can't just put the best guy numerically there and and, and hope that it works out. But what you're saying is is, is a sort of a broader concept, the effect that it can have on the entire lineup 
um, to just have the consistency. Have you been on ball clubs where you felt either the positive effect or the negative effect of lineup consistency? Uh, no, yes and no, because I understand that nowadays you want to get your your guys, your studs, up four to five times a game. And I know it's going to top load the lineup, but I think there is something to guys that are just hard out at the top of the game that are going to battle, battle. And I hear from a lot of pitchers say, sometimes those are the toughest guys. Those are the guys that I won't see, guys that are just going to battle me. They might not be the best players but they're just going to put a tough at bat each and every time, and I'm going to have to work through at bat. And sometimes with the sluggers, hey, I can just throw them sliders away, sliders away, and they will swing at it. They might clip it once in a while, but they're an easier route. So I think it comes down to this whole lineup buying into something. They don't have that leadoff guy right now. You know, Hayward has done good here and there, but year after, these last few years you've seen the decline of the offense and it could partly be due to the no leadoff hitter or no specific guy taking over that role. David, uh, there's an arrogance about a really good leadoff guy. You, you saw the yeah. very best ever uh, back in the day with Ricky Henderson, and uh, you can't replicate or duplicate yeah. the, the ability and the overall talent of Ricky Henderson. But we've seen it. We've seen it with people like you. We certainly saw it with Fowler that there was an arrogance. Even if he struck out yeah. after seven or eight pitches, there was a, a, a feel good of him coming back to the dugout and saying, hey, guys, you just saw everything that the pitcher has in my at-bat. No doubt. And now yeah. you can move on from there. And he knows in general that he's shown everything that he has in that at-bat. And we have him going the other way, even though he struck me out. Yeah, and, and you're so right because I remember being in Oakland A and having Ricky Henderson in the locker room. And he would just, because I was supposed to be the leadoff hitter that year, but I ended up being the third hitter my first year in Oakland. I don't know how. That was crazy. But he would just talk, hey, it's a mentality. It's a mentality of, okay, I have a plan. And he might get me out that first at bat, and I might have to take some I might have to go down 0-2 and just battle, battle, battle. But like I said before, it's a mentality that, hey, I'm going to grind. And then when, you, when the other guys see the leadoff hitter willing to just, hey, I am going to take some of the bats off, not meaning like, all right, just give them away, but I'm going to let myself get into tough counts. I'm going to work things out first and – there might be a late at a bat later in the game from anyone in the lineup that, like you saw yesterday with um, Kinsler, he got tired. Right. When Tucker, when things started wobbling, and that's what a good offense does, and that's what you see continually from the good offenses, Yankees and Dodgers. I would say and Astros, those guys continually make you work, and then. You get tired, then it leaves something over the plate, and that's when the big innings happen. You know, with Albert Almora down, um, it changes things in your defensive outfield, and that can change things in your defensive infield. Uh, I'm wondering if Kyle Schwarber 
is a guy who needs to be replaced for defense these days. Has, has he earned the possibility of staying out there in left field, which is obviously the least challenging of the three outfield spots, or do you still need to replace him with a lead in the eighth or ninth? You know, right, Anna, he's proven to be a formidable outfielder. I would say give him a shot. Let him continually to grow as an outfielder because he has a great arm. Guys don't really run on him anymore. And, hey, He's not an outfielder, so he's going to make mistakes. You can push him back closer to the wall, make him come in on balls. But right now, I think, what are your options, really? You know, if, if is Hap going to be coming to play center field? Are you going to move Hayward to right? Are you going to take Castellanos' bat out of the lineup? I don't think you can. So I think you, you stay with the Hayward in center, you let you let Schwarber do his thing out there, and because he can run into some baseballs, and you see Castellanos in right, and you got to understand this is what it is. The pitchers know who's out there too, so they're going to be a little bit more, more lenient, even though they don't want to give up runs. They're going to understand, hey, okay, we need some offense. We know that what's been struggling all season long is has been the offense, so having those bats in there might help them get a run or two or push a run or two late in the game to give them the win. David DeJesus, David DeJesus joins us uh, on inside the clubhouse for a few more minutes. Does such a great job on, along with David Kaplan on the pre and post game for NBC Sports Chicago and Cub games. David, uh, take us into the mind of a player on a team where they know the manager has had success uh, he's in the last year of a contract, and the, co- the the team itself is kind of in between success and failure on a nightly basis. If you have any so, any any thoughts about where you've been with that, and does my my question is, are the players aware of it, and do they watch the manager and how he reacts compared to how he reacted in previous years and times? You know, I would say we don't really know about it. We're always focused as a player on that game. Hey, we want to win or lose. But, you know, with the, now with social media, media being in our hand all the time, you're reading these articles. You're seeing a, the headlines when you're scrolling through. So you're understanding, hey, if we're talking about Joe Madden right now, we're talking about Joe Madden. He's on the hot seat. Yes, you're reading those articles you're seeing what people are saying. So that is there. But as a player, you're not really worried about it. You're worried about getting your job done because it comes down to the player's actions on the field. If they're producing, the manager looks great. But if they're not producing, now it's going to be on either the hitting coach, the manager, or maybe like Albert Moore, the player will go down. If you're an established name, who knows what will happen. But as a player, we're not seeing it. But I remember I was part of a 19-game losing streak wow. with Kansas City, and it was one of those things that I think it was, I don't know, I'm pretty sure it was Buddy Bell was our manager. And the great thing about Buddy, he was positive through it all, man. He's like, hey, guys, let's keep working. We were a young team. We weren't a veteran team, so so that's the difference. We were a young team, so it's getting out there, taking our ground balls, doing things, but it wasn't this – hey, we got to do this crazy thing. We're big leaguers. We understand that it's our job to produce or we're not going to be into the big, in the big leagues that much longer. So, But the one thing I'm watching right now with the Cubs that I can't understand because I dealt with that losing streak is there's always that like one play in the game 
mm-hmm. that it, it just sets your mind, here we go again type of play. Mm. And always this one, there's a play in the game that's like, uh-oh, here we go, here we go again. And, and, and especially on the road, this is what happens. It's the mentality of, we're not taking it to them anymore. Uh-oh, here we go again. Let's let something happen. And it seems like always the home team on the road takes it to the other, makes that play, gets that big hit, and that's why they're losing so many games on the road. 23-39 and 39 on the road for a winning percentage of 371. <laughs> At home, 41-19 and 19 for a winning percentage of 683. Your colleague, Chris Kampka, uh, says that is the biggest differential between home and road win percentage in the history of the Chicago Cubs, the entire history uh, of the franchise. I was going to ask you for uh, your crackpot theory, since uh, we had a caller earlier who said it's because uh, the families aren't on the road trip and guys are you know <laughs> playing around with road beef or whatever his theory was. Um, but oh, wow. It, really I know. Said What's that? road you beef? You really said that? Yeah, well, no, road beef is my phrase. Sorry about that. <laughs> road beef. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, but, no, it. it it's, it sounds like what, what, what you think is, is, you know, the mentality of, uh, of the losing when something bad happens, the, the, the avalanche effect is, uh, is a real thing on the road. It's a, it's a real thing because it, 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 baseball sometimes is a game of momentum. It's, you, as you see in basketball, when you get rolling, teams start rolling. So in baseball, it's always that one test of play. And when you, are, you already know, every player in the locker room already knows, hey, we, we're struggling on the road. And then you have that play that really just kind of breaks your back or just ignites a rally from the other team. They get momentum because the other team knows, hey, this team struggles. They can't close out games. They've blown a lot of leads late in the game. So they get the momentum. Hey, we can win this game. We're just as good as this Cub team. And then on the the flip side, the Cubs are like, oh, here we go again. Uh Uh-oh. Then you get a little tight. Then you make the Bodie play the other day. That's a, that's a basic play coming in, make the play against the Phillies, throw it in the first base. But then you, get, you just get a little tight, and you see pitches over the middle of the plate, and that's when you see big things happen. So pressure adds to it, trying to do too much, because we're creatures of habit. We're just, hey, we're throwing the baseball, taking our swings, and when you add pressure, that's when you see that ball spinning over the middle plate. That's when you see that little error that David Bodie would make that probably 98 out of 100 times. But pressure adds a little something to it, trying to do too much, and then that's when mistakes happen. And it seems like consistently it happens on the road. I don't understand why it doesn't happen at home. It's, it's just the weirdest thing. That's what baseball is. But they got to fix this because right now, I don't think they're – right now this team that we're watching on the road is not a playoff team. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're being honest, really assessing what you're seeing on the road, they have more road games than at home. They should be able to win this division – but I don't know right now. I just don't know. They don't play good enough against their own division, against the bad teams in the division as well. In that same vein, uh, and uh, Matt and I really appreciate you taking some time out today, David. Uh, in the same vein, uh, can the Cubs win without their ace, John Lester, who's taking the mound today and had a little bit better one last time out, without Lester straightening out and being John Lester the last 40 games or the last – in, the, in this case, six or seven starts of the season? I mean, he's your ace. Definitely, he is the number one guy. So you, I'm not worried about John Lester. I'm worried about the offense. That's really where my worries are and closing out games. Right now, 
Kinsler's get working his legs back, but the bullpen, there's question marks there. You know, I have some solid guys, but it's, when's Kimbrell coming back? Is he going to be the same? Right. And before, he wasn't really dominant yet. Right. So is he going to come back, and are we going to expect him to be dominant? So those are question marks. But John Lester, I'm not worried about him. You need the starting pitchers to be better. Yes, these, these last couple of weeks, you've had a lot of games where on the post game we're like, all right, throw it in the garbage. That can't happen down this stretch. There's not that many baseball games left. This season's coming to a close soon. So they need guys to start stepping up and being themselves, but playing loose and playing relaxed. And you're just seeing right now there's too, just too much tension in these bodies while they're playing the game. David, keep up the great work with uh, our buddy Cap on uh, the pre and yes. post for Cubs TV. It's, it's enjoyable. It's informative. It's a lot of fun. Yes. Thanks for taking some Thank time you. out with Matt and, uh, and I today on Inside the Clubhouse. And I'll keep Cap off the ledge, guys. Okay. I'll try and, I'll try <laughs> and talk him down, all right? And try to, try to ask him, the, you know, that blue checker sport coat. <laughs> yeah. Tell him he yeah, can toss that, that one, but uh, everything else looks good. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just glad the beard is gone. Yeah. You know? Ah, nice. I Cap's our guy. He, on Twitter. Hey, he's like, hey, do you want to see this or not? He's hilarious. He's the best. <laughs> David, thanks dude. again. Uh, we appreciate right, thanks, it. Guys. All right. David DeJesus, or Cub Television pre- and post-game host with our buddy Cap, and he does a really good job. And he was very strong today about where they're at and where they're not at. I'm so it's very, not a playoff team. You watch them right. play, especially on the road, it's not a playoff but, team. But, you know, David works for, you know, the station uh, that carries the Cubs. He doesn't pull any punches. He tells you exactly where it's at, and I, I appreciate that. 670, the score is where you are. It's inside the clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. We've got uh, the rest of the show to take your phone calls at 312-644-6767. Sox fans, you want to talk about Bill Walton? You want to talk about Lucas Giolito? You want Mancata at AAA? Cub fans, you want to continue the distress? You can do that as well. Dial it up and get involved right here on Inside the Clubhouse on the score. I understand that it starts... And then you play, yeah. but that the offense can't touch the ball. And that the defense goes first. And that there's no time limits. And you just go until somebody says, it's over. Sounds very much like a dead show. It's a timeless game. <laughs> Bill Walton trying to wrap his head around baseball early on in the game. That he did with Jason Benetti last His night at Embassy Sports. His book is coming out. It's called Learning Baseball at Age 66 by <laughs> Bill Walton. And uh, I thought it was uh, fabulous, fabulously entertaining uh, theater. For one night only. One night only. One night only. A second night would put me in... To watching another sport. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure you're not alone there, but my God, it just seemed like the perfect palate cleanser after two absolutely brutal Cubs losses to have that. Yeah, I, well, you're, you're thinking that it's the same audience, but not necessarily so. Well, no, I, I, you know, look, I, I, some of us uh, Chicago baseball people will go from broadcast to broadcast. Well, we, I do, and you do. We, that's our job. I know, but, know. but I also think, that, and I don't know what the ratings will show, but I, I, know, I know a lot of folks who tuned in to hear Walton just, just to be like, all right, I got to check this out. And uh, I don't know how Jason Benetti kept the scoreboard working uh, or kept the scorecard uh, working and well, was able to fill I mean, it all in. The cool thing is Jason, it was Jason's idea. Yep. The fine people at NBC Sports Chicago agreed, and um, they had fun, and they enjoyed it. But uh, I can't wait for Steve Stone to come back after, uh, <laughs> after this weekend because it shows you 
really how great Stone is at doing what he does. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. As in how consistently above average he has been for well over 30 years uh, giving you information and insight into what's going on. Michael Shore, who uh, is Ken Tremendous on Twitter and is a very accomplished television writer. The Good Place is him. He worked on The Office for a lot of years. And he used to do the baseball blog Fire Joe Morgan years ago. Michael Shore, that's Jason Benetti's partner today as he continues the cavalcade of stars out there in Los Angeles. So that should be a good listen uh, as well. Michael Schur is a very funny, very interesting guy. And Benetti can talk to anybody. That's part of his master. start off by asking him, are you sure? Yeah, and I think the answer is probably yes. Uh, We're going to let you hear Bill Walton and and James McCann from postgame a little bit later before we get out of here on 670 The Score. But let's take some phone calls. Uh, This is Mike in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mike, you're in Fort Wayne, and now you're on The Score. Good morning. Well, nice to talk to you, gentlemen. Um, I just got a couple of bullet points addressing pitching and the offense and let you guys address them. But the Chatwood thing bothers me with, with the number of in- injuries we have. And I kind of – I sit here and I'm, I know Joe doesn't have his guys, but I don't see – why can't somebody like Chatwood, who has an arm that seems adaptable, be stretched out a little bit? Why isn't he the guy that – with the way these other guys are struggling to go in there in that eighth inning and see if he can't maybe get a two a two inning uh, mm-hmm. save. The other thing on the offense is these are just things that I notice. We hit we hit a lot of home runs. I understand the launch angle and all that stuff, but we hit a lot of solo home runs. We which which bothers me. We seem to get a lot of people on base, save maybe the last couple weeks where it seems like we're in a stretch where we're. Not getting maybe as many runners on, but the, why can't when you're struggling? Why can't these guys, as gifted as they are, adjust to take advantage, especially when you're struggling to to eke out that run or two, you know, one run at a time early in a ball game? We don't seem to put runs up early, and we don't seem yeah. to hit hit behind the runner. I, I have your How? answer. I have the answer for you. The answer is is that they're not trained to do it in the minor leagues, it's not a requirement to get to the major leagues. They are getting there on their raw talent, their ability to be athletic and to hit home runs. And they do not have to have that tool, nor is it required to get there. And it's going to take organizations, Matt, the change of mind about what they want in a ball player before they promote them to the major leagues. Some organizations are already there. Jeff Lunau and the Astros said, frankly, openly in 2017, after they lost 343 games over the course of three years, we need guys who don't scout. We need some guys who don't strike out. And if you look at them, they have the best strikeout rate as an offense, meaning the lowest in all of baseball. 
They, they also have the highest strikeout yeah. rate as a pitching staff in all of baseball because they're the, the Astros. But anyway. They're, they're the Astros it, who've added veterans along. Uh, that, that's for sure. But, you know, they, you need to target guys like that earlier in the process. Well, you, and you have, to, you have to be able to, to be bad for a while. And then, you know, is Nick Madrigal going to be that guy for the Chicago White Sox? A guy that's only struck out maybe 18 times in uh, over 100 at-bats. Or I'm sorry, over in a hundred games this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, will will we see a turnaround of them going back to the more seventies, eighties approach of having table setters and then having your home run and launch angle guys like you've always had in the game? There'll be a mix. But, I, so, I think so, I think so, we will go back so, to a so, mix. As so I think to... that's that's a part of your answer. I don't know if you accept it as you know what it is, but, but that's my theory on it. The, the question I have though, they showed it, and when we got off to that rocky first week two weeks they went and then they went on that that streak over 20 25 mm-hmm. games whatever it was where yep. it seemed like they were willing to do that they were they and, were moving and, the ball and, around and i think they have that capability and i understand i mean all these guys have played baseball their entire life they've they've they have to have worked on 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 at least some base knowledge of being able to move the ball to get the Get the ball when you need us. We have so much soft contact or no contact mm-hmm. with runners on base. You know what also and happens, they, Mike? And thank you for the call. What also happens is as a year goes on and guys struggle a little bit, a lot of them say, "You know what? I just got to go back to being me. I got to go back to being me and producing." And then they go back to being themselves. As we've gone through hitting coach after hitting coach after hitting coach, and this year Joe Madden being more involved, trying to get that nuanced message across. And the situational hitting was good early on, but it has absolutely regressed to where they are being who they've always been. It, it has because the players have not been taught how to play that type of game, and it's not been required. It's not their fault that they were promoted to the major leagues, that they were put in starting lineups, that they became an important part of a team. It's the organization, not just the Cubs, but as you point out, many other teams, Mm -hmm. that once these guys fail because the metrics are so good at getting you out and pitching over and under a swing like they have now, then there is no adjustment period because they haven't been taught or haven't haven't gotten the... uh, the impact that they want out of their other tools to go back and do this. Therefore, you see guys like Russell, you see guys like Almora, you see guys like Schwarber and Hap. They go back to the minor leagues, and it's like, boy, you're a failure. No, you're not a failure. The organizations, and not just the Cubs, the organizations have failed to teach these guys Mm -hmm. the essence of what it is to have more to your game than just hitting a ball out of the park. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves, your Western Conference champion. Chicago Wolves will open the season on Saturday, October 5th. For group and season tickets, visit chicagowolves.com. That's why I asked Jason, um, Jason McLeod in our first hour whether it's a product of, of drafting or development sometime with these hitters and not being able to make the contact. Because some orgs, and I keep going back to the Astros, they can teach. Like Bregman's strikeout rates have gone down. George Springer's strikeout rates have gone down. And some guys are talented enough to learn it and be taught it at the big league level. But often, you just have to go find the guys who are good at contact. Well, you're talking about exceptional number one picks. You know, you're talking about being bad for a long time so you get them. You know, that's a product of it. But you're right about the Astros making the right choices. They've missed on, on one big one, and that was it. Uh, they've been right about almost all their other uh, scouting choices. But 
from the, from the aspect of uh, you know dealing with you know the Cubs not being able to move the ball around, they're missing a, a huge defensive and offensive player, and nobody's talking about it. And that's Contreras. If you don't think that he's an important player, just watch how the team has floundered since he's been out and the impact that he has not had on the middle of the lineup in the middle of the batting order. Bottom of the hour, also brought to you by Anthony Buick, GMC, and Gurney. Get huge back-to-school savings on every new Buick and GMC truck in stock. At Anthony Buick, GMC, and Gurney, there are over 400 vehicles available, something for every budget. GMC, we are professional grade. Visit anthonygurney.com. Let's take another phone call before we take a break. This is Ken in Logansport, Indiana, on 670 The Score. What's up, Ken? How are you? Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. And I uh, really enjoyed listening to you. Uh, appreciate it. A couple, couple things. Uh, Addison, Addison Russell, I'm so glad they called him back up. And what I'd like to see Madden do with him is to start him every game and let him go out there and play second base and put him in that batting order. And um, let's hope he can get going. And I like that. Our defense is definitely going to be stronger. We got somebody to back up Baez. Right. So I like that. Um, I also liked a couple things. Uh, Contreras, uh, uh, Bruce mentioned him being out, and I agree so much. He's such a great player. And uh, the other thing is uh, in the outfield, um, you know, they might, this camp supposed to be, be able to play out there. And then, like someone said, I think it was a good point. Do we need to really replace Jarber all the time? Yeah, uh, no, keep Brian that. in there on third base. But uh, anyways, I'm for the Cubs. Uh, hey, we can win this. We're just as good as St. Louis and the Brewers, but I think we got to win our division. Yeah. Uh, so let's go get them. Lots of games left in that division, too. Uh, you're going to see right. a lot of that. Thanks for your call. I appreciate it. Matt, uh, yeah, they're going to have to win head-to-head. I mean, it's going to be sensational theater every night for the last uh, five weeks, uh, especially once you get into September when you're, you know, the the Reds, I mean, the, the Cardinals and the Brewers have a lot of games left with, with each other. Mm-hmm. The Cubs have a lot of games left with the Brewers, I think nine. You know, so uh, nine with St. Louis, six with the Brewers. And they're gettable. I mean, all yeah. those, all those I mean, teams, every team in this division you, is, you can, is decent but gettable. Uh, the, the number one thing you'll hear from Epstein and Hoyer and uh, Madden is if we get our guys back healthy, we got a hell of a chance to win. And if they get Kimbrell straightened out and back, and one of our callers made a great point, you get him back, great. But what are you getting back? Is he back to square one? Mm. He hadn't gotten all the way to 10 on the Kimbrel gun as far as being the pitcher that he was yet. He was getting there. You saw the breaking ball a little bit tighter. You saw the fastball with a little bit better command and a little bit more velocity. But it wasn't there yet. How many steps backward does he take being out two weeks to get back into that? And that's that's going to be one of the keys to them winning uh, the rest of the way. Yep, we will see. Uh, Zach Zayman and Cubs pregame coming up towards the top of the hour. One more segment to go on Inside the Clubhouse right here on 670 The Score. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk-off home run. Grand slam, Bryce Harper. Oh, that highlight out of Philadelphia. 
you can tell the broadcasters were happier than the uh, Cubs broadcasters were, Bruce Levine. He's actually third deck. It was. I thought it did no. reach the third oh, deck. Oh, indeed. Just an absolute bomb. It was, uh, you know, it was one of those television-made, movie-made home runs where they fantasize about it breaking lights and... You know, smoke going up in the air and, you know, something out of the natural. Yeah. That's how it was for the moment. Not for Cub fans. No, but Bryce Harper said that you live for those kind of moments. And he said he was sprinting around the bases. He just wanted to get back to the guys for the dog pile. You know what moments he really lives for when he uh, gets his check every two weeks? That is a very cynical take on Thank Bryce you. Harper, human and ball player. Can you imagine what that's like? Divide. Uh, I'm sure that's nice, yes. Divide 35, uh, 34 million by uh, six months, and uh, you get two checks a month. Yeah, it was pretty good, probably. Yeah. Um, but I think he's, he genuinely likes the game. I think he enjoys the game, Bruce. About $3 million every two weeks. Yeah, yeah but he seems to enjoy it's the game. I like the check you get. It's, it's very similar to that. How about, how about the fact that Quintana was absolutely brilliant this week with 14 strikeouts? Darvish, as good as you've ever seen him, with seven shutout innings and double-digit strikeouts. Hendricks only struck out a couple uh, last night, but he was awfully good for seven innings, and all three of those games are losses. Yep. It, it is maddening, and it's uh, not maddening, but maddening the fact that uh, they can't win those games. And I'm sure it doesn't bother anyone more than it bothers the Chicago Cubs. It's it's something that, uh, you know, you as you, as uh, Jim, Desch- Jim Deshaies said to us when he was on with us as a guest earlier, you know, you want to pick up and throw something, but that's really not going to get it done. Yeah, I, I don't really know how you as a ball club recover from the last two. You know, I mean, recovering from you, one of them, yeah, you I play mean, again, obviously. No, I mean, Matt, I can't buy that because they're as good as the other seven teams. Uh, they're not as good as the Dodgers. They're not as good as the Braves, but they're plenty good enough to win their division and be right there at the end because, you know, tell me the other teams that are better than they are. In the division? No, in the National League. Better than the Cubs? Yeah, other than the Dodgers and Braves. Well, I think you've got to make a case for the Phillies right now. Phillies oh, just why? swept Because they won four in a row? Yeah, well, I, I mean. I they mean, were, they were dog you-know-what before that. Mm-hmm. People were starting to count them out. Arietta's going to have season-ending surgery. Um, there was doom and gloom around there. One good week. One four-game winning streak, and all of a sudden everybody's looking at them like they're different. Washington, How about the arguably, Nationals? is a Ma- better team. Max Scherzer coming back in the arguably. middle of this week. Strasburg, the best of his career. Everybody was uh, on the Mets last week. Now they've lost four in a row. Okay, they're not on the Mets. So mm-hmm. what I'm telling you is all these teams are very similar. The Cubs have the ability and also the manpower when they're healthy to step away and win this division and be the third-best team with a chance to be even better if these people are able to physically get back to where they are as a team and then mentally have that good feeling about themselves as they go into the playoffs. But the National League is so mediocre as far as the talent base. and They're so average that one good week makes them into the new hot team. They're the new sexy person. Other than the Dodgers and the Braves. Yeah, those two teams are are superior, and the Cubs are just another part of that group, but they have the ability and the players to get it to be better. This from Chris Bryant last night on how you recover from these two losses in a row. Quote, I don't remember it ever in my whole baseball playing career. I don't know how to respond to it. It's all new to me. It's new to most of us. Cliche, you got to keep going. I don't know what else to say. I really don't. We just got to keep playing. We have another game tomorrow, 
and another after that, 40 more. To the phone lines we go. 670, the score is where you are. This is John in Laporte, Indiana. John, you're on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning. Morning. Morning, John. I like your show. Thank you. Uh, first time caller to the show. Appreciate uh, it. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, no other business that I know of, and it is a business. You brought it up. Harper loves his $35 million a year, but the Cubs are no different. Neither is Madden. When you're asked why you're not performing in a certain area on a job, I know of no manager that if you said, well, I don't know, the, man, the person in charge would tell them, figure it out or you're gone. True. These guys haven't figured it out, and they need to be gone, all of them. Well, Every single one of them. I mean, I understand your frustration. You might be taking it a little far, but on the other hand, you're right because – Every job, including sports, you know, except in this era, it's like the last person that's responsible for the result is the player. And that's all wrong. But that's the era we live in right now where the play – I mean, how many coaches in the Cub – for the Cubs over the last five years have been blamed for the uh, lack of of success for a player? A lot of pitching coaches, a lot of hitting coaches. There's nobody left. It's Joe. Right. right. So yeah. now it's not Joe. It's no, no, no. The, I mean, that's all that's right, left to blame. Right. So, okay, they can blame him and fire him. But ultimately, you're going to have the same players. And if they're not getting it done and adjusting, someone's going to have to come up with the interesting concept that the players are responsible for their own results. No more guaranteed money. I'm for it. Thank you, John. Appreciate the call. Bottom of the hour, by the way, or excuse me, top of the hour to come is uh, brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Your Western Conference champion, Chicago Wolves, will open the season on Saturday, October 5th. For group and season tickets, visit ChicagoWolves.com. The hardest thing for Epstein, Hoyer, or any general manager or president to do is replace players, especially when you've taken time to develop them, especially when they've been successful in your organization. Uh, being Having a strong eye and the resiliency to say, we don't want Chris Bryant anymore. We don't want Kyle Schwarber anymore. We don't want Anthony Rizzo anymore. Not we can do better with a different group. That takes an awful lot of resolve to be able to come up with those ideas. But nonetheless, if the Cubs did something like the Yankees did a few years ago by trading a guy like Bryant in the offseason that brought three stud players from somewhere else, and you don't do a total rebuild, but you do an, an in-year rebuild, mm-hmm. that might be the way that Epstein and Hoyer feel they have to go in the future. Well, they might have no choice but to do something like that, and maybe it's Contreras. Uh, you know, you've got a, all those guys coming up for free agency yeah. at the same time. You're going to have to find a way to replenish the guys that you kept, like Schwarber, Almora, Russell. Their value is not there. Your farm system is not stocked. You have limited money. They might have to make a trade like that. Right, but it would be a stealth move if they decided to do that. Unfortunately, you're running into guys like Lester and Quintana that are running out of contract. And what do you do about that as far as contending and trading at the same time? So it, it should be an intriguing offseason regardless how it works. Yeah, it, it, it should be. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm incredibly intrigued by what the Dodgers, the Astros, and other teams are doing and what the Cubs may or may not be doing in terms of uh, development and coaching. And uh, I know it's an arms race and a, a bunch of smart guys battling against each other. 
It's just uh, interesting to watch the trends around the league and see where the Cubs stand. Your show tomorrow, it's hit and run. What's going on tomorrow? Hit Sunday and run. Morning. We'll have Chris Camp, as always, for Chris Camp Connections. And then uh, my friend Steve Albini, legendary record producer and uh, general thought machine. He's an absolute thought machine on baseball and a lot of other things. He's going to come in and do the 10 o'clock hour with me. We're sorry we didn't get to the people on hold. Uh, Thanks for calling in. Thanks for everybody that joined us. Uh, We thank uh, Jim Deshays of the Cubs broadcast team. We thank, uh, of course, David DeJesus. We thank Jason McLeod, the vice president of scouting and minor leagues for the Chicago Cubs. We thank Zach Withers for a job well done. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Our website, 670thescore.com. I write Cubs and Sox every day. Matt, have a great show tomorrow. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much, Bruce. It is 670 The Score. Have a great day, everybody. really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 